Hello and welcome to Stay Informed and Deactivate by Project Deactivate. Our mission is to help others recognize the ways in which social media affects us. We hope to encourage smarter and safer social media practices. Join us in changing the negative culture surrounding social media. On today's episode, we're inviting Suresh Sridharan, who's an experienced professional in cybersecurity who's had experience with cybersecurity for the past 15 years in companies such as Plex Systems, Oracle, and Gigya. Welcome, Suresh. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Suresh, and I'm part of uh, the security team at a startup called Plex Systems. And I've been in the cybersecurity space for close to 15 years and uh, have looked at applications as well as device and social media security for all, throughout my career. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. Um, we just have a couple of questions from our end as students about cybersecurity and social media and we just wanted to pick your brain up about a couple of things too. So to start off, what are your biggest concerns regarding the future of cybersecurity? Uh, well, I think the space of cybersecurity is definitely evolving. And over the past 15 years, it's you know from where it started in terms of people working within networks and within areas that are very well defined to now you know working remotely from any place they want on any device they want has opened up multiple different security and uh, you know attack vectors for you know hackers and and the kind for for malicious actors in general so i think the biggest concern kind of going forward particularly as most companies are now in a re, you know have a largely remote workforce and people seem to be using their own devices both for personal use as well as for corporate use is is really how do you actually secure data and secure applications and secure identity information about different users in such an open world, right? Earlier, we had uh, clear networks. Those networks could be secured by information security professionals within an organization, say a school or in a company, but now with no barriers as such and applications being run from the cloud, users actually accessing these applications using their own devices, sometimes sitting in beach houses, sometimes sitting inside an office room, sometimes in the bedroom, it makes it extremely difficult to kind of control, you know, what 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 are the different, uh, you know, how do you actually protect data and information? And I think there are other interesting new security developments and computing developments that come into the picture as well. We have the, if the evolution of uh, quantum computing, which in the next four or five years is definitely slated to be a pretty big part of computing in general, that means that, you know, as technology advances, it also means that new technology is in the hands not only of, you know, good players, but also the bad actors. And so this this definitely increases, you know, the challenge from a cybersecurity perspective. And of course, you know, we have state actors, you know, countries that tend to attack, you know, different infrastructure pieces, you know, things like power generation and stuff like that, that really come into play. So I think there are some really interesting times ahead of us, and all of us need to be aware of how we secure our data, how we secure our devices, and what we actually access anywhere on the internet. That's great. And as you said, it's definitely something that's going to be more relevant going forward. So I think you touched on this a little bit, but how has cybersecurity measures changed over the course of your career? Absolutely. So when when I started off, most you know mostly it was organizations, companies that were actually in schools that were interested in secure in cybersecurity, and not as much when it came to individuals because 
obviously 15 years back we did not have much social media we did not have smartphones and most of the time when you know many people many companies many employees did not even have laptops that they could take back home and which meant that for you to get work done you had to physically be in the office in the office you were tethered to a particular to a computer in your, at your desk and it made it a lot easier to secure data and secure information because physically all of this was located inside the data center that the organization themselves may, you know essentially maintained and also the computers that held the data were also inside the buildings now of course you know 15 years hence if you think about it, the first thing that happened was you had smartphones come in you know devices got smarter and smarter which meant that applications were now running on your mobile device which mean you know data was no longer on your la- on your desktop it actually started going into your laptops and into your smartphones and then simultaneously on the application on the server side you know applications that were hosted inside data centers of companies started moving to the cloud i mean for example if you think think about it today you you know most most of you use google cloud you use google sheets and google essentially the google stack right email you basically still use something like email or outlook on the cloud but 10 or 15 years back you know pretty much all the documents that were created were created on your desktop using microsoft word and there was no concept of google suite and if you had to check your email it was still within your company's network and it wasn't on the cloud so on the server side things are moved to the cloud which means that securing that data securing those devices and other things have become far more challenging so i'd say the trend has been decentralization in general of data and devices and that's really the trend that uh, you know we need to be aware of from a cybersecurity perspective that's very interesting and kind of pivoting off of that what are the types of cybersecurity threats that we should be paying attention to and how i would say from you know again it depends on the kind of uh, you know the perspective that you actually have on this if if i were to look at it from you know from a, an organization's perspective the kind of threats that they should be looking at is intellectual property threats right who who is accessing this data where are they accessing it from is there a pattern and that you basically see that that data is being accessed and so on so those are things that you know from an organization's perspective you should pay attention to for example if you're you know a research university you know all the research that you do is basically what the university will be able to capitalize on in future whether it's through sale of patents or you know commercialization of different technologies that they've built now all of this is susceptible to external threats so you could have state actors from different countries or you could have you know people in the darknet who are trying to access this data so those need to be protected so i would say the kind of threats that you would look at basically are you know multiple categories depending on who you are as in you know as a end user and when it comes to corporations it's usually intellectual property theft it is denial service attacks that basically you have hackers who basically are trying to you know stop services and hence you know create extract some ransom in order to restore them that's the other the third is you know people who are just trying to inflict damage you know people who are hackers who basically you know just get pleasure in bringing down different systems whether it's for political agenda and the others now when it comes to it's a <clears throat> 
more of end users, I think the kind of threats that you have to be aware of is people stealing your, you know, personal identifiable information. So people basically looking at, you know, maybe stealing your social security number, anything that can uniquely identify you. If they have your phone number, your address, your social security number, then pretty much they can impersonate you. So those are things that you would want to be careful about. The, the other thing that is also emerging, I think, is, you know, with, with essentially things like deep learning and others, there are lots of different technologies being used to morph images of, of different people and create deep fakes. I don't know if you've learned about deep fakes, but essentially it's the use of artificial intelligence to, you know, kind of create morphed images, morphed pictures, morphed videos and the kind, which then get circulated as though they are real. And this has a personal impact. It basically can go and, you know, really hurt someone's reputation, for example. In you know, fake, it's very hard to detect detect a fake from a real. And because of the technology that they use and actually seem, you know, can severely impact someone's reputation. So those are broadly the kind of things that you have to be aware of. That definitely makes sense. And kind of off of that, how does social media kind of relate to the cybersecurity threat that you just kind of mentioned? And how, how do you kind of advise social media users to keep account of that? Actually, the first thing is social media gives, in social media, people tend to believe that they share information with only their friends. Right? Many times that is not really the case. Yeah. Social media, basically, social media organizations make money by virtue of understanding users' behavior. If you take someone, something like Facebook, your behavior about what you like, what you communicate, is actually used as a revenue generator by Facebook in order to go and you know, they sell that data or the behavior information either directly or indirectly in order to make revenues. And the same thing with, with something like Venmo. You know, for example, you could you could essentially be, you know, transacting with different individuals and you may be thinking it's you know it's private, only these individuals and I know about it. But unfortunately, people don't realize that any data you know, that you're using to pay others may actually be shared quite publicly. So there are lots of different uses of social media that are absolutely helpful, but without knowing what the security controls are within those applications, it does expose you to a lot of vulnerabilities. And it, you know, to the extent that if people know, you can, I can reconstruct a person's life just following what they do on social media. And if, I re if one really wants to inflict harm, they can actually do it using technology today. And there have been a lot of different people who actually have been impacted adversely as a, as a result. That's definitely something that's super relevant for our generation and basically our audience of students. So kind of pivoting off of that, what advice do you have for Gen Z who basically grew up in this digital age? I think the first thing is, you know, you shouldn't shy away from using technology. You absolutely should. In fact, you should be at the bleeding edge of using technology. However, you have to balance that out by understanding the security implications of what you do the reputation implications of what you do. So the first thing, the first thing to do when you basically use a social media app is to basically 
go in and look at the security and the privacy settings. Ensure that the security and the privacy of the application is locked down. That is, you know, ensure that data that you do not want others to know is not, you know, accidentally or through settings actually, you know, exposed to others. For example, if you, you know, let's take something like Facebook. Unless you basically say these posts, specific posts that you make are to be seen only by your friends or friends of friends, chances are they're public by, you know, by default. The second thing that you would want to do is something like Venmo, for example. Unless you go in and actually set the, you know, adjust the settings so that all your transactions are private and only friends and, you know, any person with whom you run the transactions should know about it. By default, it's all public. So I could basically go into, you know, look you up by your Venmo and it's very clearly visible who you paid for and what and at what point in time. So make sure the first advice I would give is go back look at your applications, look at the privacy settings, look at the security settings, ensure that you actually have the appropriate level of privacy and security settings. The second thing is most of the applications today do not require any kind of password to log in. It's just the first time you use a password, you log in. Now, you do not know if somebody else, if your password is easy to crack, somebody else could be using it on that device. And once they log in, then literally never ask to refresh and ask for the password again. So sometimes it's always good to see if the applications require a one-time password to be sent to your device. A one-time password or a multi-factor authentication, as they call it, should be enabled. That way, even if your password is compromised, the second factor, which could be like a you know, push notification to your device or a one-time password to your phone, you know, has to be sent, and only then will you be allowed to log. So enable those controls. The third thing, from time to time, just go back and look at the history of the trend, you know, of activity that has happened on your on each of these applications. Make sure that you know there aren't locations and places from which people are logging in that you've never been to. For example, you know, let's say you've never been to some place in South Africa, and but you do see somebody who's logged in from South Africa or some place in Europe. Right, that you've never been to, those are red flags, and you know you should absolutely look at you know, different passwords for different applications, changing your passwords from time to time, and not just you know keeping the same thing over a period of time. I think there are some simple sanity checks, just as you would basically make sure that you know the servicing your car, for example, or cleaning your apartment, you need to clean up your social media accounts and you need to service them as well. Literally, that's what you need to be looking at these as. That's really great advice. Thank you so much for, for all your feedback and all your advice for today. Any last words of wisdom for our audience here? I, I would say, you know, cybersecurity is really critical. You'd be aware of your surroundings, particularly when you're out, you know, with friends, when you're out with, you know, partying. Make sure that people do not take pictures of you, videos of you without your consent. And, you know, because particularly with artificial intelligence, and machine learning, and particularly deep learning capabilities today, there is there is a huge possibility of people actually morphing uh, some of these videos and posting it out. So be careful about your reputation. Ensure that you have proper hygiene when it comes to cybersecurity, and that things should be fine. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on today's show.
थैंक यू थैंक्स फॉर हैविंग मी